another episode of several seats podcast i'm privileged enough to be joined with lynn and her mom if you both can just introduce yourselves hi i'm lynn i'm a content manager at a creative agency mom (laughs) 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 hi i'm demi um i'm a community psychiatric nurse in luton uh thank you both so much for joining us today so um it's been quite an interesting topic. It's come up quite a few times in just general conversations that I've had with other people. And even in like our previous podcast where um, it's been mentioned by women and by men, how culture influences um, mental health. So I really wanted to delve in with this topic as to, or well, does African culture influence the views of mental health and our perception of mental illnesses? Um, so I think it's like when you think about it in terms of like in a broader context, so you have like culture in general, you also have like society's culture and both of these things really impact um, our beliefs, our norms and our values, and it impacts how you view certain ideas and behaviours. And I guess in the case of mental health, it can impact whether or not you seek help, what type of help that you even seek and what support you have around you. So I just want to start by just opening the floor to ask, what do you think, um, what influence, or if you think at all, does um, African culture influence people's views on mental health or even your own views? Well, I'll start. I, I think it really impacts it a lot because obviously when you grow up, um, I'm speaking as like first generation or se- yeah, I think first generation. Um, I, like I came to the UK when I was six or five and, and I lived with my grandmother and my mum as well. And I feel like living with my grandmother, you, you get a lot more of that like influence or understanding and you know she'd say certain things when we're watching tv shows or just in general that it kind of seeds into you and your like behaviors and it's only when you look back that you start to see like oh actually like where did i pick up this idea from or where did i think that this is like not normal or good or whatever and one thing that she used to love doing is um nollywood when it came out on like like Sky or something, we used to watch Nollywood sometimes on there. And you know, people would always be like possessed by like some kind of spirit or like, you know, something wasn't, it was something otherworldly, you know? Yeah, something supernatural. And I feel like often that's how mental health is looked at. Like it's it's not this thing that you can be normal or, yes yeah normal and have mental health problems it's probably some kind of demon or you're not praying enough or something like that is there i feel like topic of mental health wasn't a discussion that happened in my household but like you said Lynn, was that the only representation that you had was nollywood and films yeah i mean i did have more representation because obviously mum was working as a like mental health nurse as a mental health nurse like working I guess when you first went into it, why did you choose to go into that area? Honestly, uh, you know, when you're coming from Africa, right? And you 
you are told the, what's the best route of getting papers and things like that. So being a nurse is like you're guaranteed a job. Mm. So I think when I came, I was, yeah, I was in my 20s and I was, uh, I was just going with whatever was there. You know what I mean? But once you start doing it, you start to develop the, uh, the love for it and understanding it. Mental health is not understood, not only, I think it's uh, even with other minority uh, group of people, still it's not, um, people still don't get it or understand it. There's little education as to what it is about and how you can manage uh, people with mental illness. So you see, sometimes we have patients who present at a and E. I I mean, with mental health problems. Some nurses there, general nurses, they don't know how to manage them. The moment they hear that this person has got mental health problems, mm -hmm. they just worry, oh, maybe I'm going to be attacked, you see? So it's not only with the general people, but it's also with other professionals as well, uh, in terms of general nurses or in the general side. They, uh, they lack the understanding, but it's getting better now, but they still do lack the understanding of, uh, of mental health or how to manage mental health patients. Like for now, if they have a mental health patient in the ward, they have to look for a mental health nurse to come and do one-to-one -one with them because uh, they are worried how they don't know how to manage them. Mm. Do you get me? Yeah. yeah. So growing up in uh, Africa and com making a comparison to here, there's a huge difference. Like what you guys were saying, uh, in Africa, people with mental illness, they're seen as people who are crazy. And crazy to them is not labeled as mental illness. It's labeled as possessed or anything of that. I remember coming across people who were being crazy in Africa, but they were not on treatment. You know, they would just walk around, maybe carrying bags and whatnot. What people would say is, oh, this one is because he hit his mother when he, uh, when he was young and then the mother dies. So the mother is, uh, you know, coming back to him and haunt him, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Those are the stories that we used to be told. So nobody wanted to shout at their mothers or their fathers because they didn't want to be crazy, you know, in life. So I grew up understanding that anyone with mental illness is because they've done something before in their life, not because it's something to do with their chemical balance or whatnot. So coming here, it was like a wake-up call. Now you start to understand and going to school, you know, being a nurse, you understand, you, you end up understanding a lot more things that we didn't understand then. And you, now you can actually reflect back and see, oh my God, we are still behind in Africa. We need to look at A, B, C, D things and kind of correct them. Mm. Yeah, so even black people here um, in the UK, there's that stigma as well, which is attached to mental health. They don't want the people to know that either their mother, their child, their husband has got mental illness, there's still that. Yeah. Because there's still that lack of understanding of, of mental health or mental illness. So yeah, we are moving, but we are not moving as fast as we should. <laughs> We're just, uh, you know, having the babe steps mm. at the moment together. Yeah, it's like when I did my placement in Sri Lanka, it was that similar where we, work, we worked at a mental health institution Mm. Um, and then we every now and then we got to go work in, on the wards I remember the day that I went to go walk on the uh, work on the wards a woman was saying that 
um, culturally or religiously in Sri Lanka, it's like if you have a mental health illness, it's because you've done something in your past life. And then when you've come back, I think it's reincarnation, when you've been yeah. reincarnated, you come back with a mental health disorder because that's um, the gods punishing you. It's really but interesting. That, that's true. I mean, you know, if you want to look at mental illness in all different uh, perspectives, you know, with psychosis, that's what we talked about first. Then with depression, it's a totally different area. Like in Africa, you're not expected to be depressed. I mean, even here, I mean, if you're a black person to be depressed, they'll be like, why? What? what? What's wrong? You know, you, you've come here, you know, this is better. You're actually working, you've got money and you're doing this. They're telling us you're depressed. How does that work? Mm -hmm. You know, so depression is not seen as mental illness. They think you should be able to get on with things. But like you said, um, a lot of these young people like you guys, we are finding a lot of you guys getting more and more depressed. And I was actually thinking about it, thinking, why is that? Is, is there something going on? Are they eating something that's making them more depressed? I don't know, this is just me thinking, but we're getting a lot of more of young generation getting more and more depressed. But I'm not sure why. Maybe somebody need to do some more research on that. Mm. And you, you get people, kids as young as 10 getting depressed kids as young as 10 feeling suicide or attempting suicide taking overdoses you know so yeah, yeah it's um but in our culture it's not regarded as um mental illness we are expected to tackle any hardship you know and get on with it and Depression is the last thing that anyone wants to be at. I mean, it's, if you hear that somebody is depressed, you'll be like, wow. It's like, uh, what's the word? It's like, it's like rare, some rare disease that somebody's got. <laughs> Thinking, what? How is, how, what, what's going on? How can that be even happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe for somebody with uh, cancer, they'll say, oh yeah, maybe we can expect because they've got cancer. But not just someone to just have depression just like that. No. You're not expected, but anyone can have depression, you know, that's what people forget. Mm. And and it's real. Yeah. People I think it's good that like obviously Lynn was like lucky that she was able to be in a household where like you obviously were educated in that area because mm. you're in the field. Um, how do you think other people manage with that dynamic? Because I'm guess for you, Lynn, it must have been easy to talk to your mom about mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I think it's even difficult when it's your, you know, like when your family. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's easy. You. Uh, Not gonna lie, I feel like <laughs> it is very difficult. But having similar situations to yourself, Lynn, where it's like I want to speak to, I tried to speak to my mum about my mental health, mm. but in the sense where um, it was, it was, it was brushed up aside but more so in like a spiritual way it was like just go and pray yeah <laughs> and which isn't a bad thing because obviously we should turn to god for support however at that time um it's always been very much like go and pray go and pray take it to the lord in prayer take it to the lord in prayer even with physical health mama hurt my knee take it to the lord in prayer and it's like <laughs> 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 i think my mom came from the point where for her she didn't understand mental health but she understood her religion mm. I guess that was how she dealt with it. Like, 
I don't know whether like family wise then do you have ever have not just in your internal family but external family do you ever have conversations about mental health like what Lynn was saying that it's uh difficult to talk to your family like me and her you know when you live with someone or your children as a mother you look at them and you think okay how can you say you're depressed i'm giving you this i'm giving you that to you you find them as like petty things you think oh how can you be depressed because of that you know you think if you can just talk about it and that's over you know but then being a mental health nurse sometimes when you're out there when you meet some kids same ages your children mm-hmm. and now that's when you start to reflect to say oh my god so if this child is suffering from this or so my child probably okay so this is you know it start makes it start to make sense yeah. you know you start to reflect and say okay so what can i do you know but sometimes it's difficult to talk about it you know yeah i think that was one of the things that we had before of where whenever i try and tell you i was feeling sad or something and i didn't have a specific reason why i was sad i was just sad and you just didn't understand like why i was sad because there always had to be a trigger a re- yeah exactly and sometimes it just doesn't i don't have triggers it just it just comes you know mm. like like the other day i had it at work as well where just suddenly i i had like a lump in my throat and i was just really like i felt like you know it was kind of like an anxiety attack basically i had a lump in my throat i i couldn't stop crying but luckily because we're all social distancing across the office i was like in a room on my own and i was like okay maybe this i need to go home because i i don't know if i can handle being here right now and then i i, I just i don't know i worked through it i didn't i didn't do anything actually i just kept working and then i was okay Mm. I don't know. Mm. But sometimes like I have those episodes or whatever and it lasts longer than those couple of hours. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't there sometimes there is a trigger of course like you know you're stressed out at work or there's something else happening but it doesn't always have a specific trigger. Sometimes I feel like it just washes over you. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it goes back to like there's there's like four ways that culture can impact Packed mental health so the first one was cultural stigmas and the second one is understanding symptoms so it's like the way that culturally we represent certain symptoms some certain disorders or certain problems and if they don't fit the symptoms or the criteria that we have for that representation then we don't label it as that mm. um so the same way it's like oh well if you're not going through this 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 then you can't be this or if there's not a trigger then you can't be in an emotional state in an emotional state I think that's what some people even now, just not even just culturally, but just globally, nationally, that we struggle to understand that not all disorders show the same um, presentation and it could just come across in different ways. Going back to the food thing, I feel like that's also another thing that's quite big in like African communities, food and bodies and a lot of body dysmorphia because mm-hmm. I feel like people often comment on your weight you know like it's this throwaway thing that they don't realize what they're saying like we have this thing like in our language as well where it's like you know when someone says oh you put on weight mm-hmm. you know and they just say this thing just so casually like every time they see you and actually it's when you translate it it's kind of saying oh you've got fat you know um, and said this to me and then I've been like oh 
okay, like I need to like re go look at myself again. And I've also seen a couple of threads of like people who are naturally skinny, who are always being kind of outside of the ideal body shape in most African communities. Cause I feel like it's the fuller, the thicker, the curvier you are, the more desirable you are. And for those kinds of people, they just can't eat enough and people always commenting on them like they're too skinny you know what how comes they need to eat more and stuff and i can't imagine what it must to be like to be someone like that where everyone so freely comments on your body and your weight you know even if you're trying to do something it must feel like i don't know i i, I can't comment because that was not my reality but i'm just i just know for myself that there's definitely been so many times where people have commented on my weight as just a normal point of discussion or greeting in fact usually it's when they're greeting you they're like you know they say hi and they're like oh you put on weight you know just so casually and you're like oh yeah thanks cool <laughs> you know no i i agree i don't know what that is but it's i now you said it it really is a common greeting right <laughs> it really is a common greeting especially when um, when we go back home to Nigeria and it's always like, ah, obviously, you're a big girl now. And they don't mean like you're grown. They mean like you're, you're big. <laughs> but um, the third one for four ways um, culture can impact mental health is community support. Um, so I don't know what your views are. When I first saw that point, I thought the first thing I thought of was African cultural community, I think of church. Mm. That's the only place that I see a lot of Africans gather yeah um and I guess that goes back to the religious views of it where mental health isn't talked about in church mm. um, I don't know if you find it the same thing for your like your community support this actually makes me think of something um there we have the same thing like most of the other Zimbabweans that I met in the UK were from our church like there's like a Zimbabwean church that everybody goes to across the country and there'd be like different um like congresses like we'd have a congress once a year where everyone across the UK would all meet and you kind of know everybody and everyone knows everyone even like the Luton one as well and I remember that there was a girl who committed suicide um in one of the families do you remember oh yeah that's yeah. yeah and now when I look back on it it was never a discussion of like how was her mental health or anything like that but I feel like maybe the family themselves maybe they thought of it but it was never something that was discussed and I feel like often for these some of these things that are maybe more taboo or shameful it's not a community discussion you know it's a thing that's kind of hushed brushed away under doors because it doesn't look good I mean if your kids it's it, actually to be honest I feel like mental health or having bad mental health is worse than if you were to get pregnant at like 15 or something like that because then everybody talks about it and it's a discussion all the time but if you are depressed anxiety had other kinds of mental illnesses I don't remember that being a topic of discussion and I feel like it definitely would not have been appropriate topic mm, I think it also goes back to that stigma is because it's seen as um, something that people should be embarrassed about to yeah. talk about my daughter having depression or having mental illness I'll try and hide that from everyone else and pretend like everything is fine or hide it not to bring it to chess oh she doesn't want to you know because you don't want people to know 
yeah. whereas pregnancy and things like that is something that you probably can't hide you know everybody's going to see it but then also i feel like at the end of pregnancy there's a child and everyone loves children you know mm. and at church they'll love to see the kid you know even if the beginning was shameful at the end of it it's going to be a good thing i don't see the good end in mental health well mm. i suppose with pregnancy that's this is why they try to force them to be together <laughs> with the, with the father of the child get married you know even though they don't know the circumstances get married so that they are not embarrassed out there people won't say oh at least they're together you know yeah. you know and we will we'll support them you know okay it's just it's, it's like putting this plastic there you know so that people doesn't see or trying to cover all those holes you know so that people have this uh you know nice life or pretend to be everything is okay mm. rather than yeah yeah i think what you said lynn where you said obviously at the end of a pregnancy there's a baby but the most the like key thing there is that that's visible because mm. of it's invisible but destructive it's not something that they can they know how to support because it's not something you can physically see yeah or you can physically deal with so it's hard to then recognize mm. how to support it because I've even always wondered why there's not, there's like marriage counseling is such a common thing in churches. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of like just general counseling. No. Mental no. counseling, your needs and stuff like that. I don't know. Remember when we were, when we were like 13 or 12 or something like that, you have to do your uh, confirmation. And when you do your confirmation, you have those classes, rounds yeah. of like discussion in kind of way counseling. And I feel like, if you can provide that kind of support, there must be space for you to have that. I mean, isn't that kind of the purpose of confession as well, you know? Yeah. But I feel like confession doesn't go that next step of it being a two-way discussion. I feel like confession is more like you tell the priest what you've done and then he tells you how to repent or get forgiveness for this. So they're different. There's a, there are two differences. A priest and just an individual. A priest can keep your secrets and whatnot and not discuss it with everyone else. So if there is somebody in the church who's providing counseling, probably they're not professionals. So we have like, uh, usually like the uh, group you're talking about, um, they've got uh, an auntie and uncle who works with their kids. We also as parents, we don't want our kids to share our problems or their problems with people that we don't know. It goes back again to stigma. Because yeah, yeah. I would say to them, you, know, you mustn't talk about this. You know, even at school, I would say, why are you talk, telling your teacher this? Or why are you telling your counselor this? It upset me because they are revealing our like family secrets or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it's to do with the stigma. To me, it doesn't register as helping my child is it's is like she is exposing me do you hear me this is how they see it my child is exposing me she's telling people about our problems in our family why instead of me being happy that she's opening up i get angry with the child for for going and talk to other people you know about our problems but the other problems that happens is all in the communities the person that is talking or that they're talking to they don't keep it to themselves they end up talking to other people so this is what worries uh people that if we have something like that like a counselor who works with children and they can open up that person is going to tell the whole 
congregation, you know, my problems and everybody's going to know my business. Mm -hmm. Do you get me? Yeah. You don't want people talking about your business and talking about you and um, I guess judging her parenting style or judging what goes on in our house. Yes. Something that should be private. Mm. And that's why there's such, we've got like a silence crisis in Africa where people are not talking for the sake of my business is my business and my business alone. Mm. But people are silently suffering. Yeah. I think that probably also goes back to that whole um, why are the numbers so much bigger now? And mm-hmm. I feel like more people are talking about it, you know? It's like the same thing with like homosexuality or trans people. People look at it as though it's like a new phenomenon, but actually these things have always existed or these people have always existed. It's just now that people are talking more about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And the fourth one was um, resources. So why the um, why culture can impact mental health because of resources. If the, I don't know if there is stuff in Zimbabwe that you both know about for regards to resources for people getting help. I think it's also one of those things that we talked about at the beginning. Like we mentioned that, um, you know, um, there's that whole like oh why are you why do you have depression you've got everything kind of thing mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of people and charities etc their first point of call is to fix the basic needs and often mental health is not one of those basic needs that needs to be fulfilled so i feel like that's why people there's not as much there you know there's not as much funding because people are too busy trying to fund housing or healthcare, other kinds of healthcare, but mental health is often not one of those top ones, I feel. Mm. Sorry, continue. No, no, no. But yeah, I mean, I think it's even the same here. Like in the UK, I feel like the budgets are getting smaller, no, for like mental health resources. And like, this is supposed to be like a first world country where surely these things should be getting bigger. And like, you know, I feel like also getting, getting access to those resources often is something for the wealthy because I remember I, I tried to like sign up for like these counseling classes or the therapy or counseling or something and the wait list is like months long and this is under the NHS and the only way that you'd be able to do it is if you like if you needed the help but you're not about to say immediately harm yourself is you'd have to wait or go private and pay like maybe 200 a session or something like that yeah and i guess that's leads on to like my whole point with what i was going to say next was why do you think africans struggle to access this, the resources here and it might just be like what you said now lynn where just because they're there doesn't mean they're accessible yeah and we're not making them more accessible to people of that culture and even those who are accessing it it's then there's that cultural bias within the services where we're not always um assessing the needs individually yeah. Um, we had this conversation before with psychology where I was saying that a lot of the tools that we use are culturally biased and um, there's just that whole thing where, like you can't paint everyone with the same brush. I think it's also up to us to, um, to come up with uh, those resources. If you look at um, these charity organizations that uh, cater for minority, I know we've got uh, maybe two or one now used to be for Asians in these one used to be for black people I think it's just kind of faded away and I have no idea what what happened to it and we know where you used to refer people to, oh yeah so you can I can refer you to this you know so 
because like Luton is kind of multicultural at the moment and we've got so many people from different backgrounds, you know, Europe, Africa and whatnot. So each country really probably, like you said, they need their own, you know, own thing. That's where they want to go to, you know, where you can actually refer them to, oh, okay, there's this, uh, you know, Zimbabwean thing that I can refer you to where you can relate. Okay, maybe, or maybe Southern African, where they share kind of same cultural thing, you know, where they can go and, and meet up and do things, socialize, you know, or do whatever they do. But we don't have that anymore, you know, like now we've got like Hope Church, which everyone goes to and it's all mixed with everyone else. And like there's nowhere else I can refer anyone. But then it's up to us. We can actually start something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to start a community for, for black people. It could be just for black people to start off with where they can come, you know, have entertainment, do things or experience different types of African food, that kind of thing. Because our food are kind of similar in a way mm -hmm. and we enjoy each other's food as well. So, you know, something like that. So instead of waiting for somebody else to, okay, for if I, I would say, what person would not think to create as a, an African community? It's us Africans, we have to come up with the idea and then get the support we need to build that community. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think you just answered the next question, which I was going to say is that how do we move forward from there? And it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's us taking, taking um, responsibility yes. about change. Taking yes. responsibility being about change and I think we're very used to waiting for something to happen. To happen, yeah. And who is that person going to do it? Mm. I wouldn't care to, I, I wouldn't even think of doing a, a white community. Why should I? I'm not white, I'm black. Do you get what I'm saying? So they probably feel the same way. So we need to look at, okay, what resources are out there? How can I start something like this? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, I think they probably would think of creating something for everyone. I just don't think that we're at the point now where that, I think where we're at now, we need places for these minority groups you know there's like this whole myth of like finding a black therapist and how they're like a unicorn yeah and th i think that's another place that we need to start we need to be able to like support people in pursuing these kinds of careers and knowing that it's an option to them because i feel like again it seems like quite an academic thing and you need to have the money and the time and the support in your family and your community to be willing to do those things but I think, yeah, in the future, it would be nice for us to be able to go to anyone and be understood. But yeah. we're not there now. And I think for now, we need to, like you said, mom, like work on places that are for us, probably by us, because that's the person that will best understand you. Like someone's not going to understand the microaggressions that you might have experienced in the workplace because they, they just don't. And you know, that might be something you want to talk about or understand what it's like to grow up in an African household or uh, be a second generation or something. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone, that every black therapist or counselor or whatever is going to understand that, but at least it will be a step better. Yeah. Supporting black businesses and black charities. Yeah. Movement. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm actually thinking that maybe I should do something like that. <laughs> 
I think you should. I'm, as soon as you said food, I said I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we will be having a rota. Today is Nigerian food. <laughs> Tuesday, Zimbabwean. Where is the? It's definitely needed. I think a, def- a lot of people would be excited about it. Yeah. A lot of people would be excited about it. Yeah. At the same time, they come and have fun, relax, meet up with other people, make friends. Mm. You know? Because mm. there's so many people who are so isolated there. Yeah. We need to make other places. Yeah. Josh Church, where it's the only place that you're going to see people from the same culture. Yeah. Other cultural groups is also really nice. Yeah. I think that's especially important because not everyone feels welcome in those church spaces, you know, and they need a place where they can have that support and that community without it needing to be a space that actually they don't feel completely themselves, you know? Definitely. But thank you so much for joining. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, that's nice. Thanks thank for having you. us, Joe. No problem. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. Bye.